0: Uh, we're going to jump into the message, and I'm going to preach for a, a hot minute, okay? But I just believe that God wants to speak clearly to you about following him and the theology of following him in community, because when you read scripture, you've got to realize that Jesus didn't call people to follow him alone. He called them to follow him together. There's nowhere in scripture he says, Come follow me. And we hang out all by ourselves up on the mountain. If you look at the people that he took to places where he revealed himself in a powerful way, they they weren't alone. They were around people, they were in community and those things. So um, say this with me say, I am a follower. So we are talking about what this means in the context of as a, a person that's a part of a church, a community, a church is not an organization. It sounds like an organization, looks like an organization, but a church is an organism. It's a group of people that that, that have to make a decision to make an appointment to do life together to realize that we are better together. We aren't just better together. We're more alive. How many want to be more alive in, in every way? So if you have your Bible today, just a few, um, notes that I want to give you. It's in the U version as well. Luke chapter five. Um, listen to the words of Jesus. Jesus goes up to Matthew, the tax collector. Tax collectors in those days were hated people. And Jesus walks up to him and says these simple words. And I believe these are the words that he's saying to us today. Follow me. And in following him, we find what living is. And 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 I just want to encourage you today that when you follow him, everything's not going to be perfect. Come on, how many know everything's not going to be perfect? But when I follow him, I have people around me that can help me walk through those things. So today, when we look at uh, that scripture, it says, after this, in verse 27, after this. So let's look at Luke chapter 5, verse 18. Here's what happened before Jesus calls Matthew to follow him. It says this, that some men were carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. So Jesus is inside this house, and inside this house, there's all these different people. There's tax collectors there. There's religious people there. There's Pharisees there. There's Jews there. There's the disciples are there. Guess what? Judas is in the house. And and inside that house, he he is there. And uh, they couldn't find any room to get him in. So in verse 19, it says, when they couldn't find a way to get him uh, because of the crowd, they went up on the roof, lowered him through a mat on the tiles in the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. And look at what Jesus it says. It describes. Luke says, when Jesus saw their faith. Everyone say faith. Faith is something that we have to live out. It's the appointment that you keep, that you make in order to follow him. So their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Wow, what a big statement. Verse 21, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law thinking to themselves, who's this guy? He speaks blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And Jesus knew exactly what they're thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your heart? Which is easier to say. Your sins are forgiven. Or to say, get up and walk. But look at this. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He says this to them. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, go home. And immediately stood up in front of them. And he took uh, what he had lying on and went home praising God Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, and we've seen something amazing today. So when I follow Jesus, this is the main point we're talking about uh, this whole uh, series is, I follow. when I follow Jesus, uh, I am a follower. I see and do what he does. So Lord, speak to us in these next few moments. God help us to keep the appointment to join uh, you, but also to join our brothers and sisters and the people around us in community in Jesus name. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate God's word. So I don't know if you grew up like this. Um, I've noticed this in life, in a couple of ways. Um, as a kid, when I grew up, um, we would always have Saturday morning breakfast and it was always around the kitchen table. And there were moments there was bacon and eggs. And, and who's an eggs eater? Come on, who eats eggs on? I just love bacon and eggs. I love French toast. I love pancakes. I love anything that's breakfast. I could eat breakfast in the middle of the day. I could eat breakfast at midnight. I could eat breakfast all day. Anybody with me? Shout out if you're with me on that one. So, uh, when we were kids, you know, like, like, my friend lived across the street and, and um, he lived with his mom. His mom was a single parent, and he had a brother. And sometimes they didn't eat what we ate, but they would pop into our house. He would just walk across the street, come in the house, and sit down at the table. Maybe you got people like this in your life. They'd come down, sit down, like, hey, I'm a part of the meal. Didn't matter what meal it was. He was invited. He was a part of it. Here's why. He lived in such a way. That was our community. That was the relationship. He had what some people would call refrigerator uh, refrigerator uh, uh, privileges. You, you got people like this, like they come to your house, they they walk right past you, they go to the refrigerator, they open it up, they look inside, they pull something out, and they go go sit down, hey, how you doing? Like, like they don't even have to ask. I was over at some friend's house, all these teenagers came walking in, These they come walking in, they, they, they like bypassed everybody. They didn't go to the refrigerator, they went to this closet. And there was food in there, I just watched this kid walk in, grab stuff, walk out, I'm like, that's called closet privileges, okay? You know what that means? That means they live in such a way that there's comfort in a way that you can actually be that close to the person. Understand this, this is what Jesus wants you to have. He wants you to have refrigerator privileges in his kingdom. He wants you to have closet privileges where you, you don't have to, like, you're a part of this thing, you're in community this thing because you're around him in every way. But, but I want you to understand something that when we live this way, that's when community is lived out. So just to help you understand just a, <coughs> a theology of following in community, here's what we need to grasp. This is how deep it is. John chapter 1. Look with this. Look with me in Scripture. John chapter 1, just three verses, maybe four. It says, in the beginning was the Word. So John's talking about the book of Genesis. It says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning. And when he was in the beginning, uh, he was in the beginning with God. Look at verse 3. All things were made through him, and without him was nothing, not anything made that was made. Then in verse 14, he says, Then the word became flesh and did what? Made his dwelling among us. So here's what you need to understand first and foremost, everything in this world is made by God. We are made in his image. Come on, clap. If you understand? You are made in his image. The greatest thing that God chose to make is the very fact that he made his dwelling among us. So when he made his dwelling, the theology behind it, you need to understand that that God made a way for you and for me to be in community through Jesus. Now that's a great place to celebrate. Come on now. What does that mean? What that means is this, when I follow Christ, I find community with him and with others. So when I live this way, I'm not alone in this thing. Come on, the greatest epidemic on this planet right now is people are lonely. People are lonely and empty. And loneliness is nothing but psychologists say loneliness causes health problems, it weakens immune systems, it damages sleep cycles, throws every part of us off. No wonder we are the most anxious, self-medicated, depressed people to ever walk on planet Earth let me just insert this right here. The word says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. So I am invited into a relationship with God. I'm invited into a relationship with Christ. And when he said, I will build my church, what he was saying is, I'm going to build something where you don't have to be alone in this thing so that you can have fellowship with me, but you can have fellowship with other people. The appointment to fellowship starts with us understanding that, man, I have a relationship with God, but I also have a relationship with people. So it's my vertical relationship with him that actually will make a difference in the people around me. That young man, Malcolm, that, that, that walked into that basketball court that had no idea. He just wanted to play basketball. Guess what? That's called a setup for God to show up because when people start living in relationship like this, they see what's on your life and what's in your life. They start recognizing, wait a minute, God made his dwelling where? Here. He doesn't dwell in a building. He dwells in our hearts, he dwells in our lives, and we we understand that his goal is this. He, loneliness is not God's plan. So if loneliness is not God's plan, then I have to be a person that says, okay, if he came to build his church, like it says in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, and that word church means the called out ones, an invitation into fellowship with him and with people, then fellowship is personal. Fellowship is not done in isolation. Fellowship is done in a way that I make the people around me better. I am a person of faith that understand this, even as a pastor. I need people around me. I need fellowship around me. I need encouragement around me. I need someone around me to say, hey, pastor, how are you treating your family? Oof. I need some people around me like, hey, pastor, how are you spending your time? Oof. I need people around me to look at what I'm eating and say, "Pastor, you don't need to eat that. You need to eat this." Hello, come on now. Clap if you understand what Pastor's saying, okay. So why why do I say that? a fellowship is personal, but here's here's the thing we can understand: growth happens not in isolation. Growth happens in community. It happens when we're around each other and we encourage one another. I am in the process right now. Um, this past week on Tuesday, I texted my wife. I said, "I have no idea what I got myself into." because I signed up to get my doctorate of ministry. I'm three weeks into it. I have to write 60 pages by, by, by December. I, I mean, I, this guy, like, I mean, it's unbelievable. I got to write 160 pages in the next three years about something that's happening right here in this church, something that God's doing right here. And in the midst of it, I felt overwhelmed in such a way. But I understand this. Why did I sign up? I asked myself, why did you do this? I did this for this reason. I want to be a better pastor. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better person. I want to be a better parent. I want to be better in every way. And I understand this, that I have a church of people that are going to encourage me and say, you got this pastor. We're going to celebrate with you. We're going to see God do something in you because we want to be better. How many want to be better? Now I don't understand. I don't know if you understood what I just felt, but I felt the encouragement of the church. So, when we are in a circle, we get to feel the encouragement when life's not easy. When you feel like you've signed up for something that's too hard, when you feel like, man, how am I going to get my head out of the gutter and, and this kind of thing, but I've got people around me. The enemy wants you to be alienated and isolated so that you can overfocus and overthink about what's messed up in your life, but when you're around. people of faith, in community, what happens is they encourage you. How many need encouragement? Come on now. So Jesus said this. He said, "Follow me. And when Matthew followed him, his life changed forever. I believe the moment that we follow Christ, everything changes. But I believe the moment that we do, and I want to just steal what she said about making that appointment for fellowship, that's when things start changing in your life. That's when you really see that you do belong. That's when you really see that what God's doing in your life makes people around you better in every way because I just believe that there's a place for you and when we follow Jesus that we can live the way that he wants us to live. Oh yeah, I want refrigerator privileges. I might come over to your house and walk right to the refrigerator, open up the door and just look and see what's inside, hello? And if there's some beer on the inside, I might just walk the other way, okay? But, but, but I'm just looking inside and saying, okay, where's the chocolate at? You know what I'm saying? Open up the cupboard, come on now, where's the, where's the good stuff? Hello? Come on, clap if you Understand what Pastor says. All right, I just got on the pedaling. Here, let's go on. So, the second thing I just want you to hear, and, and, and the worship team can come, um, is this. When I live this way, when I follow Jesus, when I choose to live this way, when I follow Christ in community, I have someone that can care about my life. I don't just get to, when when I I live this way, I find care and I get to give care. This is how the the New Testament church worked and operated in every way. There's a moment that we realize that the purpose of the church is not to make people feel good about themselves. (laughs) Smile if you understand what the pastor said. The purpose of the church is not to fill your life with more activities so that you can do more things. The purpose of the church is this. Our purpose is this. It's Ephesians chapter 4 says this, he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. To do what? To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ can be built up. God still uses all of us to build the body. When Jesus said, I will build my church, he wasn't looking at a perfect group of people. Come on, who was in his group? Fishermen, tax collectors, and oh yeah, Judas was still in his group, the betrayer of all betrayers. He was there. But when I realized that that I am equipped in those moments to build up the church, Look at what, it, what, what Paul says. He says, until we reach the unity in faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. This world we live in is so juvenile. is so immature. The answer to loneliness is the church. The answer to broken families is the church. The answer to uh situations to anxiety to fear to discourage anything that, that that's waiting on people's lives guess what it's the church it's not an organization it's a group of people that says when we do life together when we live this thing out together we do what we build one another up we are what we are equipped to do what to do works we're equipped to do what to care I can't tell you how many times as a pastor I've had people say, does the church really care? And my second, my question then was like, like where are you connected in the body? because if you're only connected to a man who stands on a stage and stands in front of 500 and 600 people, you know, and I don't know how many of them float throughout the month, but if, if, if you're only connected to my voice, then you need to find community because this is where we find care and we don't just find it. We get to pastor people. We get to encourage people when something happens in a, in a circle and a person goes in a hospital. It's a, it's a beautiful thing when we don't find out about it first, that when their circle finds out about it and their circle shows up and their circle prays and their circle encourages because that's what the body of Christ is designed to do. See, what I see is this. I see... I see circles reproducing circles, reproducing circles, because the level of care that our community needs is way beyond what one organization can bring. It's so far that, that we've got to realize that, that he wants to use all of us. We've got to say, okay, I'm going to use what God puts in me because God wants to use all of us. Now, let me give you just a, a little bit of understanding what that means. Um, how many miracles did Jesus perform in the New Testament that we have written down? A deep question. In the book of John, in the end, he says there's so many more miracles that he did that we can't even count them. I'm like, all of them. Everyone say all of them. If it's a miracle, he did it. But if we look at the location of those miracles in scripture, three of them happened in church. Nine of them happened in homes. And 24 of them Happened in community. It happened on the streets. So three times the amount of miracles that happen in this house will happen in your house. And eight times what happens in this house, you know what that tells me? Eight times what happens in this house can happen while you're on the street, while you're playing basketball, while you're doing whatever you're doing. Why? Because God uses people to bring the miraculous to this community. So when we wrap our our our, our spirit around that, we got to realize wait a minute, there's so much that God wants to do through me when I choose to live in community with people around me. It's the moment that you get it and go, yep, yeah, I don't just want to be a part of a circle. I want to eventually lead a circle. I want to eventually God use me to, to reach out and care for people around me. Look at the look at the the guy that we just we read about, this paralyzed guy. We don't even know his name. He's born like this. But Jesus looks at him and says, your sins are forgiven. How did he get there? He had four friends. We know that in scripture. His circle that surrounded him were the ones that picked him up and brought him to Jesus. There will be a moment in your life where you need four people to pick you up and bring you to Jesus because what's happening in life will paralyze you in a way that you don't know what to do. But there is a God in heaven who puts a circle around you that says, I'm going to pick you up and whatever it takes, I'm going to get you to Jesus. I'm going to get your situation to him because if I could just get you to him, then he could change everything. Deep question. Check your circle. Check who's around your life. What a moment in 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 church for us to say, okay, uh, my circle will make a difference in who I am, but it'll also make a difference in the people that are around me. So today, you have an appointment. This will be our response here in a few moments. You have an appointment to make. If you look at Matthew, Matthew, he hears Jesus and he says, "Follow me." And when he says, "Follow me," he throws this party. And who's at the party? tax collectors. And it says in one translation, notable sinners. What does that mean? That person is a notable sinner. It's like they sin so much. Everybody knows exactly. They like labeled this person. Like, like that, that guy's not just a sinner. He is a notable sinner. She's not just a sinner. She is like a big, she rich she really, she's good at it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, I've been around middle school kids and this is terrible to say this, but I've been around middle school kids that, 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 that they curse. And I'm telling you, I'm like curse in a way that, that I'm like, are you, I'm like, like, woo, you kiss your mama with that mouth is what I usually say to him. But, but then I'm like, wow, wow. I've never like, like, wow. You are not just, you you are notable. You are, that is recognizable, right? Principal, like, like assistant principal, you've heard this. I'm like, I'm like, it takes an art to be like that. But you know something? Those were the people that were introduced to Jesus because of a dinner that they had. Because one guy said, "I'm going to throw a party. I'm going I'm to bring over my friends." And we don't know what happened to all those people in that room, but we do know this: that the religious people got nervous. They got really nervous because of all these people that Jesus was eating and uh, eating around with. So, understand this: God wants to use you. You have an appointment. Your appointment is fellowship. That fellowship is important to the kingdom. And today I want to pray for you. Maybe, maybe you're maybe you're like, I, I'm not following him the way I should follow him. What a great moment to say, I'm gonna start following you, Jesus. I'm gonna take the decision. I'm gonna start following you. So I'm gonna pray for you today. We're gonna to sing a song, and then here's what I want you to do: don't go that way towards the parking lot, or that way. I want you to go this way. If you've never seen the gymnasium, go this way, walk around. Just walk around, meet a few people, hang out, grab a cup of cup. They got Krispy Kreme donuts, I think, over there. You know what I'm saying? Tangle that donut in front of you. You know what I'm saying? No calories in the donut today, okay, in Jesus' name. Hello. You can eat two or three. It's all good. You know what I'm saying? So let's pray together, Jesus. Lord, our, our desire as people is to follow you. And Jesus, when we follow you, we will find you. We find you, Lord. You will show us things we've never, ever imagined before. You'll do things in us. But God, we want you to do things through us. God, thank you for the invitation to be a part of fellowship with you. Lord, there's so much that we need you to do in our lives. Father, today there may be somebody here that's away from you. If you're away from Jesus, this this moment right now is your moment say, I want to follow him for the first time. Or I want to follow him again. When I say three, I just want you to slip your hand up high and you're saying, Pastor, pray for me. Look in your heart. You ready? One, two, three. That's me. Thank you in the back. Thank you. Anyone else? There you go. Thank you. Come on, if you raise your hand, you can put it down. Pray this simple prayer with all of us in this room. Sounds like this. Jesus. Jesus. Today, today i want to follow you i want to follow you follow you. you died for you my, died my sins you died for my sins you can forgive me of my sins you can forgive me of my sins, sins. please forgive me please, please forgive me from this moment on from this moment on i say yes i say yes to following you to follow follow you. In jesus name jesus name amen amen come on let's celebrate him would you stand with me today and, and i'm going to i'm going to give you some instruction to just go that way here in a moment but um, I just believe that it's moments like this that sometimes, you ever, you ever stand in the middle going, should I, should I not, should I, should I not should I? and you like try to convince yourself that you should but then on the other side you're trying to convince yourself that you got something else you need to do and, and, and those types of things. Can I just encourage you? Can I just push you and nudge you a little bit that the Holy Spirit set up this moment for you? Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit set this moment up for you because He knows what you need. And what you need is community. What you need is connection with people. What you need is a circle of people around you. And I just, I'm gonna let the the Holy Spirit speak to you. They're gonna worship, sing just a a simple phrase or or two of a song. And and I just wanna encourage you. Would you close your eyes all over the building and, and just slip up your hands and just tell Him, Jesus, I want you. Come on, the greatest thing we can do is follow Him. He is made the opportunity to be uh, in our hearts and in our lives lord you made your dwelling among us jesus and lord right now calm every fear calm every frustration god every bit of anxiety god every every question god that every one of us has god i pray lord that we would just choose to follow you come on slip your hands up and worship him for a moment let him speak to you today Hey, thanks for checking out this message today. If you are blessed by the message and you'd like to sow into this ministry, you can do so on our website at oceanwaychurch.com.